So let's open our Bibles to the 119th Psalm. I have a little bit of uh, trivia, not much, just a little, that I want to uh, share with you before we get into our study today. We're not going to study every verse of uh, Psalm 119, one verse per week. That would take a few years, so we're not going to do that. But we are going to kind of hit some of the high points in uh, Psalm 119. Let's uh, pray together, and then we'll do a uh, little bit of, of trivia to see if uh, you guys are paying attention. All right, let's pray. Lord in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity to meet together with your people. Thank you for the work uh, that you're doing in each one of our lives, independently, personally, separately, but yet also corporately. Uh, Lord, thank you for what you're doing in our church. And I pray, Lord, that you would continue to work in our church. Lord, I pray for this church that it would flourish and it would grow and increase spiritually and numerically and um, and in every other, every other area that you, uh, you would give your blessing to it and it would flourish under the grace of God. Please, Lord, continue your work in our lives and uh, bless our Sunday school time. Uh, Lord, would you please bless the kids as they practice. Lord, help them to practice and help them to, to do this, uh, this play here with, uh, to honor your name and your incarnation. Help them to do it with all their heart. And I pray it would be a blessing and a help and an encouragement to us. Thank you for the opportunity for the kids to be involved and, to, uh, and to, to, to serve you in this way. Lord, we pray that you would bless our time as we look into uh, Psalm 119 and other passages of Scripture. Lord, please help us. Open our heart and teach us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, a little bit of trivia. Trivia, actually just one trivia question, but maybe you can do some popcorn answers. Um, all right. Who can tell me some of the terms in Psalm 119 that are used to describe or name the Word of God? Ari. Precepts. Precepts. Light. Say again. A light. A light. But I'm, yeah, that's correct. See, David's always got to break the box every time. All right, Joseph's smiling. He has one, I'm sure. Okay, I'm not going to call him. Anybody else? <laughs> Anybody else? Just, just shout them out. That's fine. Word. word. There you go, David. Thy word is a lamp on us. That's correct. The word. What else? There are seven I gave you, and you could, there are arguably others, but there are mainly seven. All right? Law. Law. Somebody's got to help Brother Mark. can't answer it. I answer them all. Testimonies. Testimonies. Thank you, Miss Rita. My wife's not going to answer because she's my wife. Oh, huh? What'd you, what'd you answer? Testimony. So she copied Rita, or Rita copied her. One of the two. <laughs> statutes. Anyone? Law, we got law, word, testimony, statutes. That's the four we've gotten. I don't think we've done any others. Let's see. Oh, precepts. So we've got two more. Two more. Can anybody na name off the top of your head? Judgments. Judgments. From Ms. Pam and one more. Commandments. Commandments. That's correct. Very good. Very good. 
So all of those, we, we looked at our, uh, what do you call it, a Venn diagram? Our Venn diagram, I guess that's what it is, of how those uh, interrelate, all referring to the Word of God. We also, and I, I, I promise you, uh, as I studied this, it really, really helped me uh, as I started to prepare. Sometimes it's difficult to study a subject broadly. You know, sometimes you, you miss the forest for the trees, as they say. And sometimes you want to look at, at individual things in verses, and we'll, we'll certainly do that today. But uh, as I've read through Psalm 119 several times, just reading through it, um, I've really come to appreciate the tone and the, the perspective of Psalm 119, that, that individual, personal, spiritual walk of the believer with the Lord through His Word. And that has really been a blessing to me, and hopefully it will be to you as we study it. But one other thing um, that I noticed as, as I was just reading through Psalm 119 and trying not to slow down or stop or get hung up on individual verses is there are certain themes uh, in Psalm 119 that start to kind of rise to the surface in relief a little bit that, uh, that are repeated. Now, we know there are themes in Psalm 119. There are many themes, important themes of the Old Testament that are not in Psalm 119. We talked about that last several weeks. No major characters of the Old Testament, no major places, events, festivals. The temple is not mentioned. None of the kings are mentioned. Um, uh, sacrifices are not mentioned. Uh, many, many important things in the Old Testament are not there. But in its place there are themes that start to kind of rise to the surface in Psalm 119. And I want to spend a couple of weeks, a couple, maybe three weeks, uh, studying some of, some of those themes. So the first one I want, to, uh, I want to look at, we'll just read a few verses to kind of get us, um, and get an idea of what, these, what this theme is. So if you would, you're in Psalm 119, look at verse number 12. Start in verse number 12. We'll read several of these. Um, just to kind of get the, the gist of what I'm trying to say here, Psalm 119, verse 12, it says this, Blessed art, thou, blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. Look at verse 26. Verse 26 says, I have declared my ways, and thou heardest me. Teach me thy statutes. Look at verse number 64. The earth, O Lord, is full of thy mercy. Teach me thy statutes. Look at 68. Thou art good and doest good. Teach me thy statutes. 124. Look at that. It says this. Deal with thy servant according unto thy mercy, and teach me thy statutes. One more in this Vain here, verse 135. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant and teach me thy statutes. Six times that in Psalm 119, the, the, term, the, the phrase or the sentence, teach me thy statutes occurs. All right, now look at a couple of others. Go back to the beginning of the psalm, if you would. Look at number 27. Verse 27. Now, these, these other verses I'm going to read are, don't, do not say, teach me thy statutes. 
but they carry the same idea. Look at what verse, uh, verse 27 says. Make me to understand the way of thy precepts. So shall I talk of thy wondrous works. Look at 33. Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I shall keep it unto the end. As an example, look at number, uh, look at verse 66. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I have believed thy commandments. So what do you, and there's others. There's uh, verse 68, 71, 73, 80, 102, 104, 108, 124, 125, 135, 144, 169, 171. All of those verses, and the, including the ones we've read, convey this idea where the psalmist uh, offers a prayer to God and requests that God would teach him or make him understand. Now, we already know, as I said before, we already know that Psalm 119, Psalm 119 is a deeply personal psalm. It's really a psalm almost in exclusively first person where the psalmist is talking to God, almost exclusively. And one of the things he says frequently is this, teach me, make me understand. And, um, and I think that's an important, important thing. It's obviously important because it's mentioned so often in this psalm that it, you start to see a trend. You start to see a trend in the psalm that, um, of how important it is for us to, uh, to understand the significance of this, this prayer. Teach me, teach me, teach me. So what I want to do is just kind of um, just meditate a little bit and examine why it's important that the Bible says, teach me thy word. In essence, the psalmist is praying that God would teach him the Bible. God would teach him the Bible. Now here's the thing. It is not enough. It is not enough for us to just read the Bible. You know, oh, they've all been moved. You know, you, you talk about the, you think about the Bible reading schedule, which is a good thing. I don't see one around here. The Bible reading schedule, you know, has a checkbox, but sometimes we take something that has practical value and substitute it for, in other words, we take, we take the, we, we, we take the form and leave the substance out, right? So we, we check the box, but when we're reading the Bible, we're reading the Bible just like a, a Bible reading schedule. We're just checking it off. And there's no, there's no depth. There's no real interest. And really, we, we go away, and every one of us that has spent any time at all reading the Bible can understand and, and knows the experience of walking away from the Scriptures, not remembering what, you, what you've read, and going away from your reading, not only not remembering, but not having been affected, influenced, or impacted at all by what you've read. Nothing, it was just words on paper. You know what? That's an affliction we all have. This prayer is the solution. Now, I'm not going to tell you that this is a vending machine prayer and you put in your money and you press the buttons and out comes, out comes a, a warm, fuzzy feeling about your Bible reading. It's not that simple. But this is the solution when the Bible reading is dry. This is the solution when you need something from God. And so let's, let's think about it. 
The first thing I want to kind of observe, and we'll look at other passages of Scripture. I'll give you some samples from Psalm 119 and other passages. But the first thing I want, you to, I want us to look at is this. Number one, if you're writing it down, you can, you can write it down if you wish. Number one is this. The prayer, teach, teach me thy word, thy statutes. It tells us that the contents of this book right here, the contents of this book, need to be engrafted into us. In other words, what is in here needs to be in here, right? The problem is when we read the Bible, often it just goes into our eyes, into our mind, and it just dissipates. But what, what, what needs to happen is this Bible, what the words in this Bible, need to become a part of us, need to be internalized, need to be in our heart. The, 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 the Psalm 119 itself says, Thy word have I, you, everybody knows this verse, hid in mine heart. Now I know, I'm going break, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to break, break all the boxes like David, but I know that that's the go-to verse when you talk about memorizing Scripture. But that verse does not say memorize. That verse says, hide the word in your heart. So you might not be able to, sometimes we might not be able to quote the verse or the reference. For me in particular, as an example, I, and you can ask my wife. <clears throat> my wife will remember songs we've heard from like the 90s. You know, for us, that's the old days. That's, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> Trey says no need to brag, yeah. Some of you, the old days is a different decade, but for us it's the 90s. That doesn't mean it's all good, but sometimes we'll, we'll hear something and it'll remind us of something, a TV show or some song or whatever, and those, I know uh, we were, list, we were uh, not listening, of course, but we, were, we, we heard something on the radio in a store or something, and uh, I knew all of the words to the song because my mom used to listen to the song. It was a country song. I knew all the words, and I didn't memorize them, I promise. But somehow those, I guess you could say those words got in my heart. I don't know. From when I was a kid. And, I can, and that's true of a lot of country songs. That's just me. And I can quote the words from start to finish. All right? So words come easy to, to, to remember for me. References are not, though. References are not. Even thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. I quoted that verbatim perfectly. Right? But I don't know the reference. <laughs> but some of you know the reference, right? Verse 11. Yeah, see? Brother Mark knows it, but I, I, I didn't know it. How many times have I read that? I have the verse memorized. But I have a friend, Brother Perry. He's preached here. And um, Brother Perry, he knows all the references, but can't quote the verse. So here, the point is, that's all fun. But the point is, is this. It's not about memorizing and just being able to quote it. It's about that, those words on that page getting inside of us. That's the key. And when you say, Lord, teach me, that's what you're asking. God, make what's in that book come inside of me. Because that's when it starts to affect us and influence us. You remember one of the major themes in Psalm 119, besides that, the personal aspect where the psalmist is just talking to God one-on-one is that the psalmist it over and over and over describes how the Word of God influences and impacts him. 
how it caused the Word of God, the written. We talked about that already. This is the written Word of God he's talking about and how it changes his life, how it affects what he does in his life, how it gives him hope and quickens him, all these things. So the contents of the Bible need to be a part of us. That's where we say, Lord, teach me thy word. It must go from the book to us, right? Do not ever be content with dry Bible reading. Hear me now. Never be content with dry Bible reading. If you start to read your Bible, this is just some practical advice. If you start reading your Bible and you get down through halfway through the chapter, through a couple chapters, whatever you do, and you read it, and you don't remember what you've read, and you don't care about what you've read, that's a spiritual problem. Now, I know there are physical things that affect it. Yesterday, I had a bad bout with allergies. I woke up with bad allergies. They call it, my grandparents called it hay fever. I woke, woke up with it and went to bed with it. And it was very distracting, right? So sometimes those things affect us. And we just got to deal with it because we're in this infirmed flesh, right? But if you read half the chapter and you don't know what's going on and you're not interested, you should stop. Adam just said, stop reading your Bible. I did. Maybe pause is a better word. And say, Lord, I am just, I am not in tune here. Would you please help me? Would you teach me? Stop. So that at the end, you could say, this part of this Bible, maybe even just a little part, has come inside of me, right? That's my advice. Number two, as we think about the psalmist saying, teach me. Notice, not teach us, teach me. This is, again, just, I'm always going to circle back to this. This is you reading your Bible. That's what Psalm 119 is about. You reading your Bible. Now, I know in a thousand years ago when this was written, no, 3,000 years ago, not a thousand. 3,000 years ago when this was written, you know, every person didn't have their nice little Bible. In fact, books, as we know, that have not been invented. <laughs> but nevertheless, it was a man reading the Bible, right? Number two, when we say, teach me thy word, we are, we are, we're saying this. There is more to this book than superficial knowledge. You know, <laughs> I, I like to sometimes read Wikipedia. Joseph is laughing at me because he does it too. I like to sometimes read the encyclopedia and the dictionary. I, I mean, I don't do it a lot, so don't judge me too much. But, you know, I never ask for help when I'm reading that. I never ask anybody, the author or God or anyone else, to help me as I read it. You know why? Because there's not, I read it and I get the top layer and that's all there is. There's nothing underneath. But the Bible's not like that. The Bible is God's Word. It's alive even though it's on paper. It's alive because the author is alive, right? So there's more to this than what you read in your first pass. But I want to tell you something. If that was the case, even, even this morning, the, the short message I hope to preach this morning, if we just kind of skim the top, you miss all the rest that's there. And then you go back and there's more. And then you go back and there's more. And you go back and there's more. And you keep on. You can keep drawing out of that well. 
Even though we're reading God's Word, we ask Him to teach us because we understand that there is more to this book than simple and superficial knowledge. There is more in the Bible than that which is readily apparent. Right? We're asking God to reveal those things to us also. To dive deep, to dig. Now look at verse 18, if you would. It says this. And this is... Similar in the, in the prayer here. <clears throat> Verse 18 says, Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. You know what that tells me? The psalmist's eyes, his eyes were closed. And he acknowledged that. He acknowledged there was more in the Bible than what he was hearing and seeing and understanding. And he, was, he also acknowledged that there were wondrous things that weren't readily apparent. And his eyes needed to be open, And that speaks to another, another point I'll make in a minute, how that our eyes need to be open when we read the Bible. And I'll come back to that in a second. But what is important is, even though he's reading the Bible, he's reading, but he's not reading. He's seeing, but he's not seeing. You understand? And that's just starting to sound a little bit familiar, because there's verses that describe that. We'll see that in a minute. So he's reading, but he's not understanding. He's, he knows what it says, but... The wondrous things are not apparent. You know, many, many people read the Bible like that. You know what? They don't read it long. (laughs) That's true. They don't read it long. A person without the Holy Spirit of God in them has a hard time continually and consistently, maybe persistently reading the Bible. They give up. Unless they have some ulterior motive. Like there have been people that that were skeptics that read through the Bible because they want to say they had read through the Bible and they flew through the text. And that's okay. Look, the Bible is a public book. It's not just our our Bible. This is God's Word for everybody. Well, this is the only Word of God. (laughs) You're not going to find it anywhere else. So it's open for anybody to read. But it's funny. People read it and are disinterested. When I read it, I'm not disinterested. When you read it, I dare say you're not disinterested either. And why do you keep going back to it? You keep going back to it because the pastor brings up the reading schedule every year. You keep re- you keep reading it. You keep reading the Bible because the pastor browbeats you every Sunday and says you need to make sure you read your Bible. I mean, we need those reminders, of course, because sometimes we slack. But that's not why we keep going back to the Bible. We keep going back because we're not flying through it. God is speaking to us through his word. And it brings us back. It brings us back. We see the wondrous things in God's law that are invisible to those whose eyes are closed. Not physical eyes, but those whose spiritual eyes are closed. All right, number three. When we think of the prayer, Lord, teach me thy word, it reminds us of number three. God Himself has an active and essential role in the Scriptures, personally. God Himself has an active and essential role in the Scriptures. Now, I want to I make something clear. There are some people, and you know, I believe and use the King James Bible as much as anybody else. But there are some people that elevate that issue above even God Himself. 
And you might think I'm overstating it, but I'm not. I'm not overstating it. This is not God. This is God's Word. This is the means whereby God has given, given us to know Him and to learn of Him. Now, that being said, this is why a person can read the Bible and not be, in, not be influenced, not be moved at all by its contents. But when we say, Lord, teach me, what we're saying is, Lord, first, this is your word. And number two, you have an active part to play in me learning it. If I'm going to learn what it says, it's going to be by the direct intervention of God himself. And what that means is God is going to teach you. And there are many people who read the Bible, as I said, and they have no teacher. God is not teaching them beyond the text itself. So we read, he teaches. Without his teaching, though we are reading his word, we go away still not understanding. Now look at Matthew chapter 13, if you would. <clears throat> Matthew 13. Of course, this is the grand chapter about the... Come on now. Matthew 13 is the chapter on the... It starts with a P. Parables. The parables. That was, a, that was a little bit of a hard one. Matthew 13, the Lord tells us, the Lord Jesus tells us why he spoke in parables. Look, look what he says in verse 13. Therefore, speak, Matthew 13, verse 13. Therefore, speak I to them in parables, because they, seeing, see not. And hearing, they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, that's Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand. And seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For the heart, for this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and it should be, and should be converted, and I should heal them. Here's what he's saying. You read the Bible and don't get it. You see and don't see. You hear and not, not, you don't hear. Because your eyes and your ears are dull, and your heart is not with it. This is what God's telling him. He says, that's what he's doing in the parables. Why didn't Jesus just state what he wanted to state? Why did he use a parable, which is a, an illustration Often, the truth that he is teaching is, is contained in the parable. In other words, if you understand the parable, you understand the truth. But he's not going to tell the truth outside of the parable. It's going to be in the vehicle of the parable. And what that does is that hides the truth from some and reveals it to others. That's what he's saying. All right, look at verse number 36, if you would. Uh, verse 34, for context, All these things spake Jesus unto the multitude in parables, and without a parable spake he not unto them, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables, I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. Verse 36, And then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house, 
And his disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. What did they, what did they ask him? They said, Lord, what? Teach us. And you know what happened? That same word that the multitude heard, the disciples heard. But because the Lord was active, present, teaching them, they understood. And that truth got inside them. You see? The Lord has an active, personal role, essential role in the Scriptures. The Lord must teach us for us to learn. That's how thick we are, every one of us, myself included. Look at Isaiah chapter 6, if you would. This is the quotation that the Lord mentions. Isaiah 6 verse 9 says this, And he said, Go and tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not, and see ye indeed, but perceive not. I won't read verse 10 for time, but that's what, that's what he's saying. You're reading it, you're hearing it, you're seeing it, but you're not perceiving it. It's not helping you. It's not getting, getting in. Because the Lord is not teaching. All right. Now that kind of leads me kind of as a sub-point here. If you would, look at John 14. John chapter 14. leads us to, to, to remember the teaching ministry of the Holy Spirit. One of the major ministries of the Holy Spirit is, as He indwells believers, is the fact that He teaches us. And in, ver, in John 14, verse 26, look at what it says. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, He shall teach you all things. And bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. This is the teaching ministry of the Holy Spirit. John 16 verse 13 also says, He will guide you, the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. So, here, here's the point. You and I, one of, the, one of the marks, contrary to what everybody says, one of the ways that you, one of the primary ways a person knows that they're saved, and I know questions about assurance of salvation is something everybody has dealt with at some point or another, or most people. And this is always a question swirls that swirls about. How do I know I'm saved? Well, one of the major marks that you know that you're saved is not the warm, fuzzy feelings you get, but is the presence of the Spirit of God. The presence of the Spirit of God in you, which which can have something to do with feelings, and it can also not. But the presence of the Spirit of God, or lack of the presence of the Spirit of God, which again is one of the primary marks of true conversion, explains why many people read the Bible without understanding, or they read it with misunderstanding, because there are many people that do that too. But we that have the Spirit of God in us we have the author himself teaching us his word from the inside. So our eyes are reading it externally, but the author is teaching us from the inside also. And therefore we understand. And this is why many people read the Bible and do not understand. This is why. 
This, this accounts for it. All right, number four. When the, when the psalmist says, teach me thy word, number four, what it shows is there is a personal spiritual component to the reading of the scriptures. When you say, teach me thy word, what, you're, what, what, what we're doing is we're telling the Lord, Lord, I have something to learn. I have something to learn. We're telling the Lord that I can't do this without you. I can't understand the scriptures without you. What we're doing is by saying we're teaching the Lord, what we're, we're teaching the Lord. We're, te- we're asking him to teach us. What we're doing is we're orienting our heart to be able to receive what he has to say. Right? That is so important. You can't read the Bible with a hard heart. You read the Bible with a hard heart, it'll be useless to you. You can't read the Bible... Look at, look at verse 66 in, in Psalm 119, if you would. Psalm 119, verse 66. Listen, if you and I read the Scripture with the heart of rebellion, without the intention of doing what it says, the Lord's not going to teach us. If we read the Bible, and this is what a lot of people get hung up on, but, but please listen. If we read the Bible to see if we're going to believe it. If we read the Bible to see if it's something we want to do, something we're into, it's not going to have any significance to us. God's already told us that. Look at verse 66. Notice the words. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I have believed. Thy commandments. You see, the teaching, the request that God would teach him was built upon his faith. He believed it. I believe your word. Lord, please teach me. I want to do what it says. Help me to know what it says. Help me to understand. That's where we're at. So that leads us to number five. The prayer, teach me thy word. is a prayer in which we're asking the Lord to teach, uh, to teach us. Let me, let me rephrase that. We are, <clears throat> that prayer acknowledges that we have much more to learn. When you say, teach me, few people say any words like that anymore. Everybody wants to act like they know everything. So dumb. It's, uh, listen, one of the best things, you, out, uh, just set this aside for a second, little rabbit trail. One of the best things that you and I can do is ask questions. If you don't know, say, I don't know. If you don't know what somebody's talking about, say, I don't know what you just, I have no idea what you're talking about. If somebody uses a big word you don't know, you could say, you don't have to play along like you know what it means. You could, you could stop and say, just hold and say, I, I, don't, I don't know what you just said. I don't, what does that mean? If you don't know, it's okay to say, I don't know. Teach me. When you come to the Word of God, you definitely need to do that because you don't know everything. I do not know everything. There are things in here that we do not get. And not only that, you add the spiritual component to it. Now now it's really complex because there are things, listen now please, there are things in your heart and my heart that are there. We don't even know they're there. Little evil seeds of bitterness or anger or rebellion. Sins that we've forgotten about that, that lie 
dormant and latent in us, just waiting to spring up. God knows they're there. We have forgotten the Lord has not. And when we say, Lord, teach me, we're, as I said, we're kind of orienting our heart and say, get our heart in the right place before God so that God can, can work in us. Because again, coming to the Word of God in the right, with the right disposition of heart and mind, is essential if we are going to receive anything from God through His Word. Look at John chapter 9. We're almost finished, if you would. John chapter 9. This is the story of the blind man that Jesus healed. John chapter 9, the blind man. And after the blind man was healed, he went to the, he went to the, uh, the Pharisees and the leaders. Verse 32. The blind man, now the blind man, he's ignorant. He doesn't know anything. He just, he was blind his whole life. And if you don't know anything about that culture... When someone has a handicap like that, there's nothing to support them. They are street urchins. Listen, it's hard to describe, but in places like this, when you have a handicap, people don't help you. I remember in Cambodia going into the market, the Thuotapu market, and seeing a guy who did not have, he didn't have legs. He just had like stubs, but they were like high up stubs. And literally, he, 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 he just basically laid on a mat all day long and just dragged himself around with his hands. He would put shoes on his hands to drag himself around through the market. And that market is absolutely filthy. Nobody helped him. He didn't have, I mean, forget about education. There was none of that. That's, that's this right here. This man is as ignorant as they come. Look what he says. Since the world began, it was not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind. If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. So he's, he's trying to explain to the Pharisees that Jesus, there must be something to Jesus because he healed me. Verse 34, they answered and said unto him, Thou wast altogether born in sins. And dost thou teach us? And they cast him out. You see, they would not be taught by this blind man. He was beneath them. You know what that tells us? The heart of the person being taught and his disposition makes all the difference. If you read the Bible and I read the Bible without a heart ready to receive it, our reading will be vain. They felt that this man had nothing... That they felt, the Pharisees that, to whom this man is speaking felt that they had nothing to learn. They had no humility about it. They were wise in their own conceits. They were know-it-alls. Know-it-alls. I think that's right how to say it. Furthermore, they felt that the man who taught them was unworthy of them. You know what? And, and this, this, there's a little, there's a little uh, kind of application about this. You've got to remember that the man who stands here, Pastor Stewart, and preaches to us and teaches us, is a man. He has faults and he fails. 
But you know what? That's no different than you and me. Right? It's no different than you and me. And that's not a reason to condescend. I've heard some people say, well, he puts his, uh, his pants on one leg at a time just like I do. To talk down. But nobody's arguing that point. The point is, is that God has chosen in the church to use human instruments to teach us. It's our heart that matters. These Pharisees thought this man was lower. And he was altogether born in sin. But in fact... In fact, he had more information than the Pharisees had. But see, their heart was not oriented, was not set to receive him, to receive what he had to say. And that's the same, the same is true with the Bible as it comes to us via the pastor or any other means. You, know, so you can learn things from your kids. Husbands, you can learn things from your wife, even though we know the wife is, is, is led by the husband. We can learn things from people that... that are under us at our job. We can learn things from people of all shapes and sizes and ages and such. But it, it all depends on how our heart is. If it's full of pride or if it's humble. If we think we know everything or if we acknowledge, I, there's a whole lot of this I don't, I don't know. And that's the way we must come to God's Word. And that's what drives the prayer that says, Teach me, Lord. Teach me. Let's pray.